0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: What's up, guys? It's Jake here. Before we get to today's podcast, we're going to talk real quick about a show that's out on the Blue Wire Network that I think you'll be interested in. Abner Mars is a world champion boxer, Olympian sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls, beloved by abuelas, and hardcore fans alike, Abner's a pro at entertaining the world, both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll finally hear from Abner's family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man that he is today. On the podcast, they chat about many different topics, including the state of boxing, Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champion, his American dream, sports, music, culture, and family life, and many more. And he just recorded a podcast with LL Cool J, that i think you guys would be particularly interested in so check that out listen to on the hook with abner maras wherever you get your podcast episodes in english out on tuesdays and episodes in spanish out on wednesdays check it out and check out many other great blue wire network podcasts now let's get to today's show baker mayfield
2: undraftable off my
1: board the cleveland browns select baker mayfield Welcome in, everybody, to the OBR Film Breakdown. We are going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals today. We're going to talk about the Browns' road trip here for Week 7, uh, coming into this game at 4-2, and, and in a very important test uh, given the situation that is at hand uh, for both teams, really, uh, especially Cincinnati in a must-win game. We will talk to our guest about that in a little bit uh, as they come into this game 1-4-1, and knowing that with two tough games coming up behind Cleveland and uh Tennessee and Pittsburgh that if they don't get this game they are going to have a uh you know potentially one in seven start and that could be that could be pretty devastating for an organization trying to get some feel good vibes going so Cincinnati's in must win Cleveland knows that with uh the Las Vegas Raiders coming up next and in their bye week they would love to get to five wins and have a chance to get to six wins without the pressure of needing to get that sixth win ahead of the bye as you know, 5-3 and three would be a great start for Cleveland. So it uh, should be a really interesting contest. Not much has changed for the Bengals um, in this, this uh, upcoming contest. Still Joe Burrow, a quarterback, six touchdowns, four picks, uh, 160 of 246. Joe Mixon has run for 428 yards. Really only one big game, that Jacksonville game. He's uh, three rushing touchdowns. 26 targets, 21 catches, 138 yards. Very active part of the receiving core and um, we'll, we'll get plenty of opportunities there. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins have taken over the reins as uh, the primary target receiving wide receivers. Uh, A.J. Green obviously still active, still a part of things, but not as uh, efficient as those other two listed there. As A.J. has 215 yards, 22 catches on, uh, for 45 total targets. Not a great uh, target catch percentage rate there, only 489 uh, 37 catches on 48 targets, 416 and touchdown for Boyd. 22 catches on 38 targets for T. Higgins, a 15.4 yards per reception. He's their big play guy. On Tate, we'll sprinkle in two. John Ross is a complete non-factor. Uh, Drew Sample is taken over at tight end for C.J. Uzoma, so um, you know, decent tight end, but not not all too crazily affected. Mike Thomas will also get some targets. He did in the Cleveland game, as we recall, um, 11 catches, 14 targets, 78, t- 78 yards, a touchdown. So. Uh, For the most part, offense pretty similar. We'll talk about their offensive line here in a little bit, what's going on there. Defensively, Jesse Bates still leading the way. He has the most uh, tackles, I think he's right there, at least 44. He's got a a tackle for loss, eight passes defended, which is just a fantastic number. He's a great safety. Von Bell will be back there as well. William Jackson is in concussion protocol, not sure if he's going to play for them. We'll see Sam Hubbard also trending toward not playing as well uh so and I and I think DJ Reader's out in this game as well so um you know the Bengals defense not very good to begin with especially run game wise and I think Geno Atkins is playing but as we all know Geno Atkins is a sort of a shell of his former self Carl Lawson has three and a half sacks sort of their only real true pass rush threat unless you let Carlos Dunlap get in a few times but you know the Browns offensively should have uh, it's set up here for a really nice bounce back week and um, should be able to run the football even without Nick Chubb should be able to run the football pretty well as the linebacker group for Cincinnati continues to really struggle so we will see um, road games are never easy to win you know the Browns went into Cincinnati two years ago won the road game but lost last year's season finale in Cincinnati so you know mid-season road games especially never easy to win and uh, I'll be fascinated to see uh, how Cleveland bounces back is this is an important game for their psyche, right? They've been, they have been they were blown out by Baltimore, came back and beat Cincinnati Week 2. Can they get blown out by Pittsburgh and come back and get this game? Typical Old Browns team, same Old Browns, would lose this type of game with a rebound sort of repercussion and letting Week uh, week 6 carry into Week 7 and Week 8, and uh, that would be a problem. You know, you want your mentally strong teams to be able to put that game behind them and uh, press forward and be able to handle you know, a new week, new new everything. Going one and zero for the week is the goal, and that should be what they're trying to do. And I imagine that is what they're trying to do. But like I said, it's it's a matter of you know actually being able to 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 produce uh, the result because too many times we've seen the Browns lose games they shouldn't. This is a game they should win. Um, you know, I don't think the Bengals are as bad as everybody thinks they are. I think they're they're a competitive team. They're up twenty one nothing on on uh, on the Colts last week. So. Um, you know, they, they can certainly compete. They can they can they can score, they can do a, a bevy of different things, but uh putting forty eight minutes, six sorry, putting sixty minutes together is is a challenge for them. So uh can Cleveland be the better team over the course of sixty minutes? I think they can be. It's just a matter of actually going out and doing it. So we'll talk to our guests and get a little bit more insight on where Cincinnati is. Cleveland, um, you know, there there's obviously some injury issues. We've seen things trickle out. Doesn't seem like Wyatt Teller's any closer to playing. Uh, it does look like Ronnie Harrison's back to help safety room a little bit. Uh, Jacob Phillips still out. But getting healthier, and um, there's no reason, like I said, even without Nick Chubb, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to run the ball effectively uh, as they were able to sort of run the ball in a, in, a, in a bunch of different ways against Cincinnati in Week 2. So we'll pay close attention to that. And as we know, Baker Mayfield needs a bounce-back game, so hopefully they can get him going, get him sort of righted, heading into, uh, like I said, two, this week is very important, next week very important as well, and then heading into the bye uh, where they can get some much-needed time off. Before we get over to our guest, I do want to talk to you guys about Indeed, which, you know, as I've talked to you about this whole pandemic, you know, you, life may have slowed down, but job market didn't. You know, you need to hire people. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because they get you the best people, and they get them fast. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make that search that much easier. Like Sponsor Jobs, which is shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers using Indeed each and every month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million other businesses. Right now, Indeed's offering our listeners a $75 credit to boost your job and, and make that post even pop out even more. to means more quality candidates, will see it fast. So try out Indeed with the free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire, all one word there. Indeed.com slash BlueWire is the best offer you're going to find anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions do apply, and the offer is valid through December 31st. Also, I want to talk about our good friends at Pepsi. Those like me who lack that natural athleticism or commitment, uh, you know, or didn't have the overbearing sports parent, which I did, but that's okay. You know, it's whatever situation you you have in life, but uh, I played sports, but wasn't good enough to keep going with them. Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football, but instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi's the refreshment that you need to power through any game. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it, right? We're excited to watch the Browns. You know, maybe that touchdown Baker Mayfield gets back on track of a couple touchdowns. Grab yourself an ice-cold Pepsi. Sit back. Enjoy the game. Because Pepsi is made for football watching. Now, we get over to our guest, who, uh, who's been pretty popular this week on some Browns podcasts. But I think I got him before everybody else. But this podcast isn't releasing until Friday anyway. Uh, James Rapine. Let's jump over with James now. So, James, this is quickly uh, browns Bengals again. Seems like every year it's a quick turnaround. I don't know whether it happens at the end of the year or the beginning of the year. There's no, like, week three and week 14 game. It's like week eight, week ten, or, you know, (laughs) week two, week five, week six. I don't know. Who who knows? It always seems to come quick. But I'm interested where Cincinnati is. I thought that they put up a really good fight. Joe Burrow's second game uh, as a a professional football player. thought they put up a really good fight in Cleveland. Obviously, the run defense was, at the time, pretty beat up up front in the interior. Um, I think some health has returned. But – I'm curious to where you think the Bengals are uh, sort of maybe different from week two to, to now week seven and sort of a general synopsis too of what you think is going on at, at this point in the season for them.
0: Well, they're, they're struggling in their, uh it, We've reached a, a, I don't want to say must win, but almost a must win Sunday for the Bengals because of their, their opponents coming up because after the Browns, it's the Titans, then a bye, then the Steelers. And at one, four and one, if you lose to the Browns, Titans, and Steelers, I'm no math whiz, but one seven and one—that's a hell of a spot to be in, Jake. So, uh, I, I think this is the most winnable game uh, at home against a, a team that you lost by five. It wasn't that close, Week Two, to be quite honest. But one of the the two guys that torched you isn't available, and so that that aspect of it, I, I think you feel a little better. Obviously, the Browns dealing with some injury issues. Um, the Bengals as well. I mean, DJ Reader, who was really the only guy who could stop the run in week two and uh, was double teamed and, and dealing with his own stuff then and was really upset after the game, he's out for the year. And the Bengals have dealt with a lot of injuries in the trenches. Their offensive line, I think Jonah Williams is better. You talk about growth at, at spots. I think he's certainly settled into that left tackle spot. Joe Burrow, you know, gaining experience gonna compete just like he did week two and I certainly think he's he's grown but I I wonder how the locker room is and the state of the locker room going against the the Browns this week it's funny thinking back to week two coming off that loss to Baltimore it felt like it was a a huge must-win type game for the Browns for so many reasons and and I'm not going to say it's to that level because the Bengals don't have that expectation but I, I think there's there's a lot there after blowing a 21-point lead against the Indianapolis Colts that they, they really need to have a good showing this weekend. And if not, that locker room is going to uh, be pretty down on itself and we, they could be heading downhill in a hurry fast.
1: Yeah, I think what's interesting to me um, is is just sort of the nature of which things start to to, to fall apart a little bit where mm-hmm. you know you're up 21 points and I'm not sure many Browns fans watch that game. Browns fans are reeling in their own different, different negati- negativity right now. But kind of like what, what happens in that game that the yields it to you – know, it's 21 nothing. you feeling pretty good. I remember I saw it on the screen pop up. Thought it was like, okay, Cincinnati's going to be riding high coming in. Maybe that Colts win doesn't look so good. What happened in that game? What, what vulnerabilities popped up to, uh, to allow that 21-point comeback?
0: They couldn't get any pressure. which was actually, oddly enough, exactly what happened at the beginning of week two when Baker Mayfield appeared to be on the ropes and the Bengals let him off the hook and he got into a rhythm on that first drive and then it was over. It was game over, Blouses, and you could feel it. And that's what it it was, 21-0, and then Phillip Rivers just goes downfield, slices and dices his way, 21-7. And then the Bengals answer with the field goal, and then Phillip Rivers puts up two more touchdowns three touchdowns in the second quarter Threw for 235 yards in the second quarter. And but uh, Jake, it, it's 2020, right? I just want to confirm the year
1: still 2020. Yes. It's okay.
0: 2020. Well, Phillip rivers dialed it back to about 2008. I mean, he was amazing. And part of it was they let him get into a rhythm. They didn't put any pressure on him and he had a lot of easy throws and the tough throws he had, he made because he was in such a rhythm. You, know, you let a guy like that catch fire, and that's it. It's over. He's not going to miss. And and so that's kind of the the key this week. Obviously, they're going to have to slow the run and allowing 210 10 yards to, to Chubb and Hunt in the first uh, round, That that's, or, or the first matchup in this series. That can't happen with Hunt uh, in Johnson, so to speak, on, on Sunday. But if you let Baker get into a rhythm, then you're not going to be able to stop anything. And, and that's what they did is – they let Phillip Rivers beat them, and going into that game, I was I was really thinking, don't let Jonathan Taylor beat you, and if you do that, you have a shot, and it was the opposite. It was because they couldn't get any pressure. I think they had three pressures and one sack on Phillip Rivers, and even the sack was it, – it wasn't a huge loss. So it was uh, it was a, a rough day at the office for the Bengals' pass rush.
1: Offensively, it looks like he, there's some, some up and down nature of things going on. I'm curious, as as someone from afar, it seems like Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins have sort of man, uh, sort of I guess con- concrete now are the one and two at least numbers wise here. Mm-hmm. It does look like A.J. Green still getting targets, 22 targets, sorry, 45 targets, 22 grabs, only 215 yards. Couple guys here I'm interested in. It's also John Ross. I think both have kind of been rumbling right, like they've both sort of been rumbling about. I don't know, trade requests or should they trade these guys? I know, I know I saw John Ross put in a trade request. He, it's, it seems like it's been a disaster there. And then obviously AJ Green, there was the whole reading his lips on the sideline. And then there's the idea of, could they get something back for AJ Green too? So like, do you see a future for AJ Green and John Ross? Like what, what is that looking like right now? And, and otherwise offensively, how's, how's Joe Mixon playing? Looks like he's still putting up some points and he's, he wasn't as big of an issue week two for Cleveland, but, Cleveland just gave up 100 yards to James Conner, so I'm interested there, too. So around Joe Burrow, what's it looking like?
0: You're absolutely right. The, the rapport with Higgins and Burrow continues to grow every week. He's flashed. He made some really awesome contested catches, a couple catches in traffic last week against the Colts, and it was like, wow. And it was just really good catches. And then he had a 67-yard reception in the first half. And so he's uh, he's a guy they're using all over the field. Uh, all different kind of of routes and things. And, and they'll give him an end around. They'll give him a screen. They'll, they'll do a lot of things with T Higgins. So I think they believe in him. That's clear. Tyler Boyd. I mean, I, I got laughed at in Cleveland last year when I said he was better than Landry and the best slot receiver in the North. And, uh, and that was, who was I talking to Adam the bull, I think, and a couple others. And uh, well, it's true. And, and yeah, it's you know, it's I think, like I, the I, yeah, I, I think uh, it's pretty clear at this point, he's a stud. And, and so to me, Yeah, if you're the Browns, those are the two you're worried about. But you mentioned those targets and 44 targets. 13 of those came in week two. And Green and Burrow were just completely out of sync. And they finally got on the same page. It was weird because after that game, Green's targets dipped. He didn't have – he had one reception for three yards, and then he didn't have a reception the next week, and he was clearly frustrated on the sidelines. And that was week five against the Ravens. And then week six – he explodes for eight receptions, the most he's had since week three in 2017. he missed all of the 2019 season, but still, that's uh, quite a feat. And he had 96 yards, and they just missed on a deep ball. So I think the Bengals hope that they have a three-headed monster at receiver, and, and we'll certainly see it. And honestly, I don't know what you would do. I think I would still probably – I don't know if – because the Browns, I know they were rolling coverage to green a little bit week two. I don't know if you would do that but maybe you do put Ward on green. I know Xavier Rhodes towards the end was traveling with green last week uh, with the game on the line and had green had a a huge uh, 10 yard catch on fourth and nine. Um, As for Joe Mixon, they use him and he's on pace for last. I checked a career high in receptions and is certainly the numbers look all right, but it's just outside of the, the Jacksonville game, which is their lone win of the year. He hasn't really gotten going and left his imprint on the game. Part of that's offensive line related. Part of that is that they're behind, right? If you're getting blown out by the Ravens, there's only so much you can do. And so I think game script this Sunday is going to be huge. It cannot go the way it went week two, because that's how you end up with Joe Burrow getting just tattooed and hit and hit and hit some more. And he's thrown the ball 61 times like he did. And uh, that, that includes getting Mixon involved early, getting him into a rhythm even if it's short passes, right? Just trying to get him involved on in the offense. And I think they will try to do that to an extent, but but if on the Browns, if I could take that run away early, it puts you in the driver's seat because then you can let Miles Garrett and the rest of that pass rush kind of tee off a bit on second and third and long.
1: So curious your thoughts on Burrow. He's thrown the ball 246 times. I know he's thrown the ball – Multiple games, he's had high volume. I think He might have thrown 60 times against Cleveland. It was out of control. I know they were coming back most of the game, but it was just wild how they were nitpicking. Has the, has the distance of target increased? I know air yards was a big complaint kind of early on. They weren't pushing the ball downfield. They really didn't, outside of some A.J. Green sort of sideline fades that were a little helpless given the situation of coverage and what the Browns are expecting them to do. I didn't see them attack the middle of the field. And since that Week 2 game, Jim, there certainly have been – you know coverage bust by cleveland weekly it, it didn't it did happen with pittsburgh too but it was more denzel ward than a safety but the safeties have been a problem they may get carl joseph or ronnie harrison back this week they've been playing sheldrick Redwine. i'm sure you've been watching from afar it, it, it's 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 anderson dejo and it's it's a mess man so i'm curious if cincinnati's been pushing the ball vertically down the football field anymore like i said it's clear that they trust him to throw the ball a lot more than cleveland does right now is as, as uh 246 attempts to, I think Baker only has 170. I mean, it's just, they they know, and I know there's a little bit more, there's a lot of bit more coming from behind, but if you look at neutral game situations, it's certainly been, they have no fear of putting Burrow in empty sets. They have no fear of putting him in three by one, two by two, and letting him decipher and go. And that's different to me. It's a different approach. So the crux of what I'm looking at is has things changed anyway since week two, more vertical threats, more pushing the ball down the middle of the field, or is it still kind of let Joe uh, sort of sit back there, decipher mismatches, get a linebacker in space, that kind of stuff. Is that what they're looking to do still?
0: No, actually, it, it, they have pushed the ball down the field a little bit more. And not, not that they've had a bunch of 50, 60, 70-yard plays, but you know they're getting the ball routinely to T. Higgins for 15, 20, 25-yard gains. Tyler Boyd the same, usually over the middle. And I think back to week two against the Browns, it was a lot of dink and dunk. Outside of the 23-yard touchdown to C.J. Uzama, especially late in that game, it was dink and dunk to Drew Sample right after Uzama went down. And before that, Uzama was getting a lot of targets over the middle. Well, the tight end, I think Sample had one catch last week. So it's been a lot more of the receivers, specifically last week it was the trio. And that's what I think is important here. If green can emerge, then you do have a trio. And you're able to kind of pick your poison because you have a guy in T. Higgins who isn't the fastest guy in the world but has the physical tools and the contested catch ability to make a, you know, a downfield play. Same thing goes for A.J. Green. They have yet to do it, but they came really close last week, and I, I think that there's a, a good chance that it happens over the next week or two. And then what Boyd brings you in the slot. So, yeah, they are pushing the ball down the field more. I think the key, though, and, again, I mentioned game script – they're not going to hesitate to do the dink and dunk if they have to, if it's protecting Burrow and slowly moving the ball down the field because they have to. And you are right about this, Jake. They're going to let him run the offense. You know, if, if they're running the two minute, he's going to roll. They're going to let him make checks at the line. If they have to throw it 45 times or 50 times, then they're going to, I think the 61 against the Browns was an outlier. I don't think that'll happen again, but I do think that, whatever they need to do. And honestly, I think it is their best bet, is throwing the football, especially if you have those three wide receivers out there. Because Green, he can build off of last week. T. Higgins is rolling. And we know what Boyd's done over the past couple of years.
1: How are they playing up front? It looks like I'm checking pro football focus, Grace, because mm. I, I don't always Bible this stuff, but it's the best metric we have if you're not watching somebody. Looks like Bobby Hart's playing decently. He's coming along a little bit to the point that they're not worrying about so much about tackle issues. I know Joe's been hit quite a bit, and we've all seen it from afar, uh, but it looks like tackle is decent, but maybe some interior issues. Uh, t- talk to us here a little bit about how they're protecting Joe
0: of late. They might have the worst guards in the NFL. <laughs> and so, yeah, interior is uh, is the concern. Bobby Hart is – as bad as he is, and or as bad as his reputation is at least, has been maybe the their third biggest problem on offense this year behind right guard and left guard. Uh, right guard, obviously they've gone through a couple. You saw Fred Johnson week two. He's no longer in the starting lineup. You, you saw a little Billy Price as well. He's no longer in the starting lineup. It is all Alex Redman. And Redmond's okay, but he's beatable. And he commits penalties and he's undisciplined. And so so he's certainly not going to scare anyone. I mean, he was on the – the Bengals released him right before the season started and no one claimed him. No one added him to their practice squad. And then he rejoined the Bengals practice squad. He got promoted a week later and was in the starting lineup. So that's how desperate they were at guard. And at at left guard, look, they're playing a guy that shouldn't be playing right now. And Michael Jordan, he's young. I think he just turned 22, second-year player out of Ohio State. He's in the developmental stages of his career – and they're banking on him to develop on the fly. And I hate it because you're protecting the franchise. And so they did get some push last week. I don't want to just rip them the whole time. They did get some push in the running game, especially early in that first half. And all three of their touchdowns came on the ground. So something to build on there, maybe. But uh, overall, the guard play has been bad. Bobby Hart has been he struggled against the good players, put it that way. He struggled against the, you know, the the, the players that you'd expect him to lose to. But overall, you haven't noticed him as much as uh, as prior seasons. And then Jonah Williams has been good. I wouldn't say great, but good. He does seem like he's going to be the franchise left tackle, which is a good feeling if you're a Bengals fan, since they've been looking for that since Andrew Whitworth signed elsewhere uh, with the Rams after the 2016 season and then Trey Hopkins is serviceable. He's a, you know, a pros pro type guy, not a guy that's going to go to a pro bowl or anything like that, but he's he's going to be okay. And I know his grades in, on PFF aren't great, but but he's certainly much better than than those other two interior linemen and I think he's their second best lineman by far.
1: Well, the Browns are dealing with inconsistencies all across their defensive line. It seems like between um you know, backup kind of rotation, Claiborne and, and frontline Vernon. They're not getting much opposite Miles Gary. Shelton Richardson's been okay. I know he played well against Cincinnati the first time around, but they just cannot get any consistent threat outside of Miles. I expect they'll get Miles inside, much how they did when they uh, ended up forcing that sack fumble there in the goal line. They kind of put him inside and twisted with with Porter Gustin. So, I don't know. they got to be creative. Miles has changed games. Pittsburgh neutralized him. Uh, We'll have to see how Cincinnati says we're not going to let this guy actually change the game and what that kind of leaves matchups wise. It'll be interesting to pay attention to. Let's switch to defense. Uh, Looks like linebackers are an issue. I loved some of these guys. Logan Wilson, I was very high on. Um, Keem Davis Gaither, I was very high on. Uh, you, You know, they're rookies being thrust into a lot of snaps. Looks like. Um, Jermaine Pratt's playing a good amount of football too. Linebackers are an issue though. Looks like uh, I'm just, I'm just talking here, man. You can, you can interject with all of the great insight you have. William, William Jackson, Jesse Bates playing great football. It's seven pass breakups for Jesse Bates. That's wild mm-hmm. stuff, man. That's, he's, he's phenomenal. So those two anchor the defense. Is, is Geno Atkins playing this week or what's that looking like?
0: Yeah, he's playing. And it's crazy because he didn't see a snap count increase from week's five to six and it was his second week back from a shoulder after missing the, the first four games. And with DJ reader out for the season, it was their first game without reader. You were expecting a big boost for Atkins. So I think this is a pretty big week for him because I don't know if this coaching staff feels like he's the answer, which is crazy to me. And I've been kind of critical of them this week. So we'll see what well, we'll see. Is he on the block? Is he a guy that they want to move before the deadline? Or are they just trying to keep him healthy so they can trade? I mean, what's the, What's the deal? Because I I certainly think he's better than Xavier Williams, who they signed as a street-free agent, and he played uh, more snaps last week in his first game in a Bengals uniform than Geno Atkins, you know. So we'll we'll see, but uh, I do expect him to play. You're right about Jesse Bates, a baller. I mean, he's been great. That's a guy, if I'm Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum, I assume Baker's going to play, but Case Keenum, you're going to have to be aware of him at all times. He's developed really well uh, over the past year or so. And then, you know, outside of that, William Jackson obviously lost the matchup to OBJ should have given up two touchdowns, got away with the pass interference in week two. I think that'll be an interesting matchup again to see if, if William can recover from that because he hasn't had a good year overall, but you're right. The linebackers, they're young, nothing special. They're just, you know, growing pains and Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis-Gaither, they flashed. It's just going to take a little time. As you know, with young linebackers in the NFL. And then you'll see some Jermaine Pratt who had an awful game against the Browns, specifically against the run. I mean, I just remember multiple times uh, him just getting crushed in the run uh, by the fullback uh, Janovich and (laughs) Janovich said something after the game about it as well. So I think these linebackers better be fired up and ready to go and chin strap up and ready to hit because they, uh, they got hit week two. And they're going to have to respond if they want to have any chance to win on Sunday.
1: Well, that's what I'm fascinated with, James, is kind of how, you know, if, if they're going to turn it around, it's probably going to have to be with better linebacker play because they're going to get a relatively consistent secondary play. Some players back there, the strength of their defense certainly lies in the secondary. And, um, you know, if, if they're not going to get a ton of pass rush, it's how well those guys in the second level linebackers-wise can cover because the Browns will put a ton of tight ends on the field and enforce uh, those guys to match personnel. And then, you know, it's how well can you cover and how well can you get off blocks from – from, uh, you know, 12 personnel or 21 personnel or 22 personnel, whatever. Browns could get crazy with some of this stuff, as I expect they'll want to get those guys on the field. So I'll close with this, my friend. If the Bengals are to win this game, they're certainly going to be more desperate. I know the Browns clearly want to erase the issues of last week, but if they're, if they're going to win this game, what does it look like and how do they get there?
0: You get Joe Mixon going early and, and you get off to, you know, instead of a 3 nothing lead like it was week two, seven-nothing. So you score touchdowns instead of having to settle for field goals. And then you respond when OBJ scores his touchdown or when Kareem Hunt breaks a 60 yard run or when, when the adversity happens, you punch back because that didn't happen last week. They, they got outscored after being up 21, nothing they got outscored 31 to six, the rest of the way and they had a miss field goal. And they had some questionable play calling and so, some stuff like that. But overall, it's just like, man, someone's got to make a play. And, and so When I think about that, I think of Burrow and certainly Browns fans saw him make plenty of plays in that week two matchup. It's just going to come down to him and probably this receiving core. Can they have another big week? Can this offensive line hold up? So uh, on offense, try to get Mixon involved. If that doesn't work, keep Burrow upright and and just try to use that trio of receivers. And I really think it is going to be a trio. Maybe Auden Tate's back this week and, and contribute some. And then on the other side, can you slow down the run? I don't think they're going to be able to stop it. And then can you put some kind of pressure on Baker? Because if you let him just sit back there, he's going to do what Phillip Rivers did because he is accurate and because he is competitive. And if you let him hit, it's honestly, it's like letting Colin Sexton get to the free throw line early in a game and he drives for a layup or two. Suddenly he's in a rhythm and he's going to drop 35. And that's the last thing you want to do to a guy who's uh, coming off of a, a game where he got hit. Like crazy. I mean, some of those hits Baker took. Put pressure on him. Make his life uncomfortable and uh and see if he's gonna throw one or two up the Jesse Bates and company.
1: That's a formula, man. It'll be interesting to see how the Browns bounce back because they're they're certainly embarrassed. They're certainly reeling. And uh Cincinnati's hungry, man. They know they got to get a win to salvage something in this first half of the year, too. So two teams that know they need to win, who will show up, who will be more physical. It'll be in Cincinnati. It'll be in their favor a little bit in that regard. So this is good stuff, James. I appreciate you taking time in.
0: Yeah, of course. Appreciate you having me, Jake.
1: Big thanks to James for joining us, and uh, I appreciate all of his uh, time and effort he puts into what he does for the Bengals and and being able to add that to what we do here with the Browns at the OBR Film Breakdown and giving you guys great insight. Before we go, BetOnline, reminder, great opportunities going, uh, futures, props, parlays, whatever you want, they got them going, that's at BetOnline.ag, where they have the great welcome bonuses that are there all the time if you sign up. Just go there, sign up, have a little bit of fun, do a little bit of gambling. You can get uh, online poker all day if you want, blackjack all day if you want. Those are 24-7. Like I said, you can get on there. You can wager about uh, Odell Beckham over under yards, receiving, catches, Baker Mayfield. You can bet all of them. You feeling confident about Baker throwing for over 225 against the Bengals? Bet the over. Feel confident about the Browns covering their negative three negative three on this game? Bet that. Take the Browns. They're going to win by a touchdown. Go make some money. It's an opportunity out there at betonline.ag. They give you that welcome bonus that you can use. There's no hoops to jump through. You can use that welcome bonus right away and make some money, as I said, betting betting on your Browns. You know, go go put some money behind this week's game. Do it now. That's promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's all one word, BLUEWIRE. You can get that welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we have a ton of great stuff uh, coming out on the site today. Specifically, I wrote on Malcolm Smith, what he's doing to help the linebacker room. Uh, also wrote on... Um, Uh, earlier this week on kind of that blueprint for the Steelers put out and how the Browns can avoid that blueprint and hopefully breaking some of these tendencies they're showing on offense. So uh, get over there, check that out. We'll also have something up on Joe Burrow today, just kind of where he's at this part of the season. Then we'll also have the fantastic Sunday game day preview that comes out every week. Join us at the OBR, where I once again remind you folks that it is only a dollar for your first month. Try us out. Check out Rumor Central, ask the Insider. We have game day blogs. Whole bunch of fun stuff, and we also have the OBR Daily podcast, which comes out from Jared Mueller multiple times a week. He has great guests on. I go on that show once a week. I used to host it. Jared's took it over, uh, took taken, took, take, took. I think he took it over. I think that's the right way to put it. He took it over and uh, has done a great job with it, and uh, much better than I am. So, check that podcast out as well. That's just the Orange and Brown, uh, Orange and Brown Report, which is our, like I said, OBR specific uh, talk show podcast. So, check that out. Check out all the other Blue Wire Podcast Network podcast because supporting us is great business and make sure you leave us a review uh five stars maybe even a written review love that stuff too and again check us out join us at the OBR. one month one dollar for one month check us out Uh, until next time guys and hopefully on a victory Monday we will talk again go Browns Sugar Ray Leonard Roberto Duran Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns